My name is Herb Montgomery, and I'm the director of Renewed Heart Ministries. We are a not-for-profit group that is passionate about rediscovering, following, and helping others rediscover the teachings and sayings of the historical Jesus of Nazareth. We believe these teachings have an intrinsic value in informing the work of nonviolently confronting, liberating, and transforming our world into a safe, more just, more compassionate home for us all. If you'd like to support the work of Renewed Heart Ministries, I'll tell you how you can do so at the end of this podcast. For now, we simply want to thank you for listening. This is Herb Montgomery with Renewed Heart Ministries, and I want to welcome you to this week's weekly podcast. Our feature text is Sang's Gospel Q 6, verse 40. A disciple is not superior to one's teacher. It is enough for the disciple that he become like his teacher. The title this week is The Disciple and the Teacher. Our companion texts are Luke 6, 40 and Matthew 10, 24 through 25. Luke uh, 6, 40 states, the student is not above the teacher, but everyone who fully is fully trained will be like their teacher. And Matthew 10, the, the student is not above the teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for students to be like their teachers and servants like their masters. If the head of the house has been called Beelzebul, how much more the members of his household. And this week's saying is the age-old adage, uh, like teacher, like student. When we take on the characteristics of our teachers, this is almost inescapable. This is why uh, choosing an appropriate mentor or instructor is, is an important step in becoming who you want to be. Your, your teachers shape the kind of person that you become. An example of this is that a few years ago, I, I wanted to, to learn how to throw pottery, and I didn't go and just sit at, at, at the feet of anyone who, who does pottery. I chose teachers who, who threw pottery well and um, who, uh, whose style I also appreciated. Uh, find teachers who themselves resonate with what you want to become. And this translates into every area of our life. If I want to become something different than I already am, then I need to increase the diversity of those that I allow to teach me. If I want to stay the same and never risk any change, then I need to choose teachers that are that are just like me. If I, if I do the latter, um, it's not likely that, that genuine and revolutionary learning can take place, but it's likely that that instead my old ways of, of thinking will only be reinforced and more deeply ingrained. I have seen people go all the way up to PhD level in their education, but because of the institutions they chose to obtain that PhD in, their thinking didn't really change that much from when they started. And the saying of Jesus that we're looking at this week appears in two different contexts in Matthew and Luke. A majority of scholars believe that Luke follows the Q text more closely. So we're going to begin with that. Luke's version follows the passage we looked at last week where Jesus asks, uh, can the blind lead the blind? The passage invites us to, to choose teachers that that uh, that have developed senses of perception. If you choose teachers who are ignorant rather than aware, you will share in their ignorance. And as Jesus taught, fully trained students are like their teachers. So if you want keen perception for yourself, 
Stop giving the seat of instruction in your life to those who cannot see. And this could be one of the most revolutionary things some of us can do uh, to change our lives is simply choose a different set of teachers. And this seems to me to be Luke's emphasis as he shares Jesus' saying. In this statement, Jesus is contrasting his, his teaching with the popular teachings of his time. Examples of, of contemporary teachings would include the, the Pharisees drift away from Hillel to Shammai, uh, the idea that that violent revolution was needed to overthrow Rome. Uh, for Luke, uh, the strongest teaching that Jesus uh, competed with were the economic models of his day. Uh, Luke, much like the sayings, uh, sayings Gospel Q, uh, presents a world based on economics, uh, the economics of care. Uh, the reign of God to Jesus is people taking care of people, and it's a world where, where people come before Prophets and where exploitation and subjugation they give way to the predominant need as opposed to being the means of of an elite's uh, greed. In Matthew, Matthew's gospel has a different focus. Jesus uh, encouraged his disciples um, uh, by this phrase, and when when the disciples are being mistreated, Jesus says they're simply receiving the same treatment that Jesus was faced with. And this teaching has been helpful to me on a personal level where, where whenever I'm I'm being lied about or, or misrepresented or slandered because I'm teaching something found in the sayings of Jesus I go back and reread the entire chapter of Matthew chapter 10 and it doesn't make the treatment any more comfortable but it does encourage me that I'm not alone I'm standing in a stream that stretches far back before me and will continue long after me it, it helps me to to think of all who have been ill-treated for standing up for what was right. And I remember uh, the saying, worse things have happened to, to better people. Most of all, uh, I, I realize that I'm, I'm, I'm in the right story. What I'm experiencing is nothing new. And, and Jesus was here before me. Um, being like Jesus, uh, recently, my friend David Hayward, who uh, draws comics for NakedPastor.com, he drew a sketch that sums up, I think, this teaching nicely. It was of a person in a bed at night saying their bedtime prayers uh, make me more like Jesus. And then in the next frame, it has that same person now on a cross and him saying, oh, crap. Uh, you, I'll put a link to the comic in our e-site so that you can look at it yourself. But what does it mean to, to be like Jesus? Do, do we really understand all that it means to become like the teacher that we read about in the Gospels? Being like Jesus. Jesus involves learning how to love and how to embrace those at the bottom of society's various pyramids of domination, oppression, and subjugation. It also means learning how to work alongside those that are being marginalized and embracing accusation and rejection and, and possibly execution. There are many who have lived that kind of life. In history, um, um, it includes people like Mahatma Gandhi, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., but there are countless others who have also lost their lives for standing up to the status quo and working to, to make this world a, a safer home for, for all. And I, I've learned over the last few years that following Jesus doesn't only mean trying to teach the same things he taught. It also means standing in solidarity with those that Jesus stood in solidarity with and having the courage uh, that Jesus had to keep standing with them even when 
threats arise uh, from those who benefit from the way things are and and who feel threatened by change. Uh, Lucretia Mott, who is a historical figure that I, I look up to, she was fond of quoting William Penn's statement, men are to be judged by their likeness to Christ rather than their notions of Christ. And I've noticed that, that many of my fellow U.S. Christians have developed very strong notions about Christ, while at the same time, others perceive them as being very much unlike him. Uh, a fantastic read uh, to, to understand this dynamic deeper is the book Unchristian, What a New Generation Really Thinks About Christianity and Why It Matters. I'll, I'll put a link to that also in the e-site. But we may think that we're being faithful by defending strong beliefs about Jesus, and yet we miss that being faithful to him includes being faithful to the people that he was faithful to. Faithfulness to Jesus means standing in solidarity with those in our day who are discriminated against and marginalized as, as the Jesus we see in the Gospels stood in solidarity with, the, with his marginalized peers. And will this faithfulness come with, with accusations? Uh, will we, like Jesus, also be accused of, of doing the work of Beelzebul? Quite possibly. I prefer uh, Edersheim's comments regarding what Beelzebul actually meant. And I'm reading from his book, The Life and Times of Jesus the Messiah by Alfred Edersheim. This charge, brought of course by the Pharisaic party of Jerusalem, had a double significance. We almost seem to hear the coarse rabbinic witticism in its play on the word Beelzebul. For Zebahol, which is Hebrew, means in rabbinic language, not any ordinary dwelling, but specifically the temple. And Beelzebul would have been master of the temple. On the other hand, Zibel, which is another Hebrew word, means sacrificing to idols. And hence, Beelzebul would, in that sense, be equivalent to lord or chief of idolatrous sacrificing. It was the worst and chiefest of demons who presided over and incited to idolatry. What I appreciate about Edersheim is his connecting the name Beelzebul and Jesus's activity in relation to Jerusalem's temple. Where I part ways with Edersheim is that I see Jesus's uh, temple protest as being much more economic than religious. Jesus was protesting an, an economically exploitative system uh, of the poor uh, of which the temple had become the center. And what I don't want you to miss is that calling Jesus Beelzebul, the chiefest of demons, was in response to his standing up to the religious legitimization of the subjugation and marginalization, marginalization of certain uh, a certain sector of society by the status quo. And when your choices align with this type of action, people today might uh, call you that too. Last week, I mentioned a public hearing on a non-discrimination ordinance in my town. And, and at that hearing, I introduced myself as a husband, father, and director of a faith-based nonprofit here in West Virginia. And it was the faith-based part of my statement that some Christians who were in favor of discrimination latched onto. And those watching the hearing at home later told me that in, in one group's live streaming video, the commentator referred to me as a, a traitor, a, a wolf in sheep's clothing, and, and lastly, the devil. And Jesus's words in Matthew, I think, are quite on point. Um, 
I want to talk to you about some of the fallout, too. Um, I, I've lost much over the last two years, uh, but I've gained much, too. I, I used to preach about the love of God in a way that, that anesthetized the consciences and, and, and made my, my audiences passive about uh, who were being hurt. And, and, and I regret that. My path changed, uh, I, I think, as I began to listen. Choosing to listen w- was not an intellectual choice. It was an intuition based on empathy. Others uh, shared their hurt with me, and I chose to hear them. When we encounter the pain of others, uh, pain that a system that benefits us causes, we have choices to make. We can choose to make excuses, uh, to blame the victims. We can choose to justify the way things are as if changes isn't even possible. Or we can stop and choose instead to listen, to be humble, and to be honest. My personal Disciples Are Like Their Teacher's Journey began for me two years ago with a post on Facebook about those who identify as or self-identify as LGBTQ. And today, uh, after a lot more listening, I would say things very differently. Um, but, but, but that statement is where my most recent journey began. And I'll put a link to that statement in the e-site too, so you can look it up online. But I initially lost a lot of friends over this statement. And, and, and this ministry also lost a substantial amount of support uh, from readers and donors. Uh, Two years on, we have almost recovered from those losses. And and I've also gained new friends. And these new friends are some of the most beautiful people that I had no idea shared this rock with me. I I still miss my old friends. I I haven't and I couldn't replace my old friends. Uh, And I wish that they could also choose a, a posture of listening. But as my circle of friends has gotten larger... I often wish that it still included some of the people who used to love me and and my work. And I'm learning that they they may have liked what I said or how I made them feel, uh, but they weren't able to grow with me. And where I I stand today is where any student eventually stands. And that's at the choice to to focus on what I understand Jesus of Nazareth uh, taught and to promote and apply those same things in my my life. I'm not trying to to simply make people feel good. Rather, I'm now working with with others to make our world a safer, more compassionate world for us all and to make our world a place where people take care of people and only love reigns. Peter Morin, who co-founded The Catholic Worker with Dorothy Day, he wrote in 1936, I want a change, a radical change. I want a change from an acquisitive society to a functional society, from a society of go-getters to a society of go-givers. And I'm grateful that I found a community of friends who, who are working toward the same goals. We don't always answer some of the smaller questions the same way, but on the bigger ticket items, we're teammates. And I, I've only gained this community by becoming more like the teacher, and it is exponentially more rewarding and, and satisfying. It was sometimes, uh, if I'm honest, very scary to watch old friends change their opinions about me. And sometimes they were doing so very publicly. Uh, But much happened in addition to that, too. Jesus said that unless the seed falls into the ground and dies, it can't produce fruit. And death is necessary for for resurrection. And one of my favorite quotations from James Parkinson is from his book, White Theology, a theologian speaking of resurrection in a body not bearing the 
scars of their own crucifixion? Impossible. To be like our teacher Jesus in, in rising to life, it means embracing the things that our teacher taught and, and the ill treatment that comes along with that from, from, from people pushing back against those teachings as well. So, so for all who have suffered some type of pushback from teaching or living the values and ethics you've learned from Jesus of Nazareth, Sayings Gospel Q 6 verse 40, a disciple is not superior to one's teacher. It is enough for the disciple that he or she uh, become like his or her teacher. Heart group application this week. This week as a group, I want you to make two lists. First, uh, I want you to list the positive ways that you hope to become like the Jesus of the Jesus story. And on the second list, uh, write out some of the negative ways that you might uh, become like Jesus. These could be similarities you would not necessarily want, but that would also come with the more positive parallels. Then number two, discuss as a group whether the, the items on the two lists can be separated, ways in which you, you, you don't think they can. And, and your answers may vary. And then number three, choose one of the, the similarities from the list uh, to, to lean into this coming week, knowing that it may produce a similar uh, a parallel from the, the second list. And, and above all, keep living in love till the only world that remains is a world where only love reigns. Thank you so much for listening this week. I love each one of you dearly. I'll see you next week. once again for listening. Everything we do here at Renewed Heart Ministries is for free, even our many educational events that we do in various venues. If you'd like to support our work, you can make a one-time gift or become one of our monthly contributors by going to RenewedHeartMinistries.com and clicking the Donate tab on the top right. Or you can mail your contributions to Renewed Heart Ministries, P.O. Box 1211, Lewisburg, West Virginia, 24901. Make sure you also sign up for our free resources and remember, every little bit helps. And as always, anything that we receive over and above our annual budget, we happily give away to other not-for-profits who are, are making both systemic and personal differences, significant differences in the lives of those not benefited by the present status quo. And to those of you who are already supporting the work of Renewed Heart Ministries, your generous support makes it possible for us to exist and to continue being a presence for positive change in our world. So with all of our hearts. Thank you for your partnership with us. Together we are making a difference till the only world that remains is a world where only love reigns.